you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Our plan is to come out Saturday and be aggressive and just dominate Florida State. Welcome into the Orange Zone, everybody. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up from the Skycam? I'm Tommy Sladak. Joining me, as always, is James Mungro, Samantha Croston. We have Brendan Hodges on the producer mic. As for what we're getting for, getting to this week, of course, it's the Florida State preview. It's the Orange last home game of the season. Can't believe we're saying that. So we'll be touching on uh, what was a messy and dreary loss at Pitt. We'll be talking about the quarterback situation. Carlos Del Rio Wilson, is it going to be Garrett Schrader? We'll be getting to a few things as well as some Syracuse basketball talk. First games of the season, two W's for the Orange, as well as predictions and Brendan's trivia, which shattered us last week. We'll see how we do this time around. And this was a heck of a weekend in the world of sports and a lot going on. And I got to open it up to two people with, with some connections to the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Reich, their head coach getting, getting fired. James Mongro's former teammate getting hired as the interim coach. Sam spent some time out there. I'll open it up to you guys about what was a very interesting 24 hours. Go first, Sam. I mean, Again, you know, spending just a little bit of time down there last year, I always felt like, okay, this quarterback situation is sort of strange. And I didn't feel like even being down there last year, Carson Wentz was there at that time. I felt like this would be a difficult situation for any head coach to be in where over the past, I believe it was five years, there were five different starters. Yeah. So to me, that feels like an organizational failure. I really like Frank Reich. I don't know necessarily that someone else could have done better in that situation but then on top of that to hire Jeff Saturday really surprised me I think it surprised everyone in that organization so that's where I was curious about how you felt Mungro well you know Jeff is a great guy obviously he's an analyst for ESPN uh, but Jeff was a great teammate uh, very smart individual very hard worker um, could Jeff get the job done yes Jeff can get the job done I, I have 100% uh, believe in Jeff uh, the problem I have is experience I mean there's a lot of guys out there that has a lot more experience than Jeff but um, Jeff's gonna go full full throttle um, and uh, hopefully turn this around you know and I don't think Jeff's gonna be the only name you're gonna hear I mean you hear Jeff now but I think there might be some other names popping up shortly uh, in you know, different roles with the, the organization out there that's what I'm curious about is is what Jeff's role is and what their end goal is for him in this do you see do you guys see it as more as a he stays a part of his coach, this coaching staff, but maybe shifts over after a year. What are you guys expecting with that? You know, uh, it's hard. It's hard to. Um, it's it's hard to explain. It's unique. You, you don't know. That's for it, sure. It's very it's, unique. It's bold. That's yeah. almost what I would say. And and that's one of those things. If it works out, then it ends up being being a great move. And it's like, wow, that's that's a great thing that he thought of. But if not, then 
there are going to be the questions of, well, why didn't you turn to somebody within the organization when you have two, I believe, former head coaches, also other people with coaching experience in the staff. Yes. So it is interesting why you would turn outwards to someone who, as you said, lacks the NFL experience you'd usually be considering for a position like this. Well, well, Jeff knows the culture and knows expectations of what what Colts stand for. And, um, you know, they they thought they had the pieces – the past two years uh, to the puzzle. And unfortunately, one of the biggest pieces is the quarterback, and the quarterback situation hasn't been the greatest at, at you know, uh, there. And, um, you know, when I look at the big picture, Jeff is being brought in uh, to consult with all the, you know, the, the, the teammates and um, the other coaches uh, to get everything going back on the right page. Uh, do I think, I mean, Jeff is a center, and the closest person to Jeff is who? When Pey- he played? Peyton Manning. You've heard his yeah. We haven't heard his name yet, but I wouldn't. I would bet some money that we're going to hear Payton's name involved in this as well. Um, hmm. That's just you know what I think. Uh, but I, I think Payton's going to be involved in this as well, and uh, you know Payton and Jeff together, uh, the chemistry there is there already, obviously, and um, they know they know the level, they know they know the players they need there, and get the pieces right. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a, you know, a tough challenge, but. I 100% believe in Jeff. This is my last question, then we can move on to some orange football here. Is there any version of the story where, under the right leadership, Sam Ellinger is the guy? Um, it, it, it's hard. It's, it's just hard. It, it's just very hard. Um, for some reason, there's something going on that the pieces of the puzzle is not fitting. And it could be coaching staff. It could be the players. It could be a lot of different things. But – it's time to get it corrected and not going to wait no longer. So they're going to start now with Jeff. All right, Jeff. Yeah, and a little background for, for maybe some folks that are uh, newer to the to the Syracuse football community. James Mungro, five years with the Indianapolis Colts. Is that, or is that technically six seasons? No, I, I got five years. Played five, five years. years. Super Bowl champion in there. And But the but the Colts' connections with the Orange run deep. You have Marvin Harrison out there, Dwight Freeney, um, and, and even Zaire Franklin out there at linebacker right now. I just want to say one thing about Jeff, though. And one thing I've always res- respected Jeff, and Jeff's been a great person. When uh, me and my wife had our first child, uh, Jeff and his wife uh, had dinner for us and stuff like that, made pre-made meals. So Jeff is a really kind-hearted Tough football player and wants to get it done correctly. And you know, I'll tell you, it's funny. Um, the only there's only really two people I've ever seen really yell at Peyton, and Jeff is one of them. And Jeff will lay it to him. Are you the other? No. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But so Jeff, Jeff has Jeff has very good leadership skills. <clears throat> and and do you think that can translate almost to immediate success? I don't know about immediate success, um, but I think. Just, just the the upbeat. It's something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's that's something they they need out there to get to, get the jump start. It and, does seem like that. And you know what? At the point that they're at, it's almost like you just want to throw something at the wall and see if it sticks because <laughs> yeah. nothing has been working. Exactly, nothing has. Yeah, I think most fans out there will probably say, "Let's go for it. Let's just do it. Get us away from what we've been doing right now and going down a path that doesn't seem to be going anywhere." So let's switch some gears here. Syracuse football. Dropping its third straight over the weekend, and now they take on a Florida State team. So we have two six and three teams, and two six and three teams with very different stories in how they get there. You have the Orange in that six and zero oh start, uh, the best since nineteen eighty seven. Just so much traction around it. Florida State had a had a four and zero oh start, dropped three straight, and all of a sudden they're back on the right train here, and they just 
destroyed their rival in the Miami Hurricanes over the weekend. Destroyed them. They're a hot team. The Orange are not right now, and they had some clear issues that came about. So this weekend, it's an 8 o'clock start at night. I know some people don't love the 8 o'clock starts. It is late. It is late. James is smiling like, yes, it is late. (laughs) It is is a late game. It is a late game, but final home game of the season. Um, Tough to swallow that. I'm I'm a little bit like, man, it's as much as it's such a daily grind this this time of year. It's uh, it's sad for it to to know that it's coming to a close at the Dome. But then again, looks like there's going to be some postseason football happening. So looking ahead of this weekend again, Florida State, just a a dominant team right now. This defense ranks up there with the best of them, not just in the ACC, but in the country. You have a Jared Verse, a guy that was at UAlbany, ran down Sean Tucker last year, and everyone was after him in the transfer portal. He ends up a Seminole, and the dude's been going off, and we'll be I'm sure we'll be hearing his name called. But I'm going to open it up to you guys on um, what is going to be a tough game and just your immediate thoughts and having had a few days to process the pick game what you're thinking about and, and where you're standing with the Syracuse team. Well, it's time to hit the panic button. It's time to hit the panic Trying button. to find a button it's for you. It's time to hit the panic button. Um, losing three games in a row um, is never good. Um, in the fashion they've lost it, it's terrible. And this last game, uh, you know, you would hope things would get better. Uh, but it didn't, and it got worse. Um, I, I didn't think that uh, – Syracuse was going to come out there and, you know, not play at all like that. But it was really obviously that we cannot stop the run. Um, the time of possession is is so lopsided, um, making silly, you know, silly mistakes still uh, offsides. First two possessions, they jumped offsides, went backwards, punting unit. Uh, it was a 20-yard punt, I think he was, uh, this yeah. past week. Uh, I think we missed a field goal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to get our stuff straight. And it's not so much focusing on what Florida State does. Syracuse has to focus on what they have to get done correctly. Um, the running game was not there at all. Um, passing was very limited. It, it's it's um, They have the work cut out. They have the work cut out. And uh, Florida State is, like you said, uh, Florida State started out slow. We started out hot. Now, you know, every any phase of the game, um, we're getting beat. And uh, this is the time where Syracuse has to really dig deep and really think about which direction are they going. Mm-hmm. Are they going up and down? Because right now they're going down, and uh, I don't see, see them coming back up uh, without no major changes this week. Yeah, I mean, looking ahead first, um, what sticks out to me about Florida is – it just feels like that's where all the momentum is right now. I feel like for Syracuse to come in and win this game, there's also a mental battle now that you're facing, and it's going to be a challenge. I mean, it's not just that they won their last two games in a row. It's that these wins were dominant. It was FSU 41, Georgia Tech 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a big deal. FSU 45, Miami Miami 3. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are big, dominant performances. Statement yeah. wins against good teams. So – the fact that Syracuse is on a three-game losing stretch, 
you know how I feel, and I said that in the past. Two games, well, there's still room for growth here, but three games that you lost in a row, now to me that really is where you consider it a slump. Yes. And there's something that you need, you're going to need to dig your way out somehow. As far as that pit game, i got to be honest, the fact that there was a missed field goal, that didn't bother me because Andre Schmidt is actually the only person that scored points on that entire team. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. were nine points scored. All those nine points were by Andre Schmidt. Yeah. So I actually think he's been doing a pretty good job as far as kicking some, some deep field goals. The, but the punting unit, I mean, now that's that's not one game, but several where black there's punt, been a a, a, a twenty or yes. so yard punt or a blocked punt or something that really um, puts them in in a in a, in a good field position, the other team to begin with. So that I think is a challenge. Um, but but truly, I think at the um, not at the surface level, but the deeper issue here is is just the offense. I mean, that's plain and simple. Yeah, and it, it says something that you guys both didn't just name one thing and we're, and we're honed in on one thing that needs to be worked on, which I think we kind of found ourselves doing a little yeah. bit more uh, when, when things were going really well as we had those one or two things where we're like, yes, we, we need to focus on this. Y'all just gave me a list, <laughs> and that shows you what's happening here and that there's, there's, it's not one thing that's driving this down. It's a combination of a few things that's creating what's been um, just an inefficient offense to, to every extent. And I think a, a big part of that is, is obviously Garrett Trader, right? Um, and even in the game where we did see him in that first half at Notre Dame, it was not good. Yes. And it became abundantly clear by the second quarter, okay, he clearly can't run. And boy, was that a, a wake-up call maybe for some fans to, to realize how much of an impact that was. You then bring in Carlos Del Rio Wilson in this pick game. Um, and the overthrows were abundant. The timing. The timing. Um, you know, it was a little bit tough to tell. I was on the field for that vantage point, but there seemed like a few of those sacks that seemed to be more on him that his pocket presence was just on a That's situation where he's, yeah That's his experience yeah and and but we're in this part of the season now where, <laughs> exactly. where you don't really have those weeks to to let that build it it has to happen now and is that going to be the case if Del Rio Wilson is in again this Saturday it's it's not a defense to kind of work out those kinks but as for as for Garrett's situation again tight-lipped on it I love I I love this about football. I love when coaches have even though they know a guy's not playing when they put them out there in pads till the very last minute. I think that's great. I find, I I just I enjoy that. But Garrett didn't play and here's Dino Babers on his decision making with him and he says it's not coming from just him because if it was just with Garrett He'd always be saying, yes, he's good to go. We want to roll that. You know, it was one of those things, Garrett, go out there and see how you feel. And then, and besides that, it's also us watching him. You know, he doesn't get the only vote because we already know what his vote's going to be. You know, so we got to watch him. And, uh, and then based off of that and the trainers and all that kind of stuff, we'll come to it. We'll come to a decision. There's Dino Babers right there talking about Garrett's status, which is obviously going to be a, a huge factor, I believe, in, in how this Saturday could play out. But end of the day, I think we have to look at it as if Del Rio Wilson's stepping back in there. And from what you guys saw from him, is this something that we can start to make these these corrections? And also, do you think this this offensive line is starting to see some some trouble? Maybe I, I think there's a little bit of that. Everything you just said right there. I mm -hmm. think the offensive linemen um, are undersized. Um, and, uh, you know, just from the last game with Pitt, you know, they were talking about the defense line and the offense line and the different size. Uh, you know, the, the, I think the heaviest guy we have 
is <laughs> like, you know, 230 maybe or something like that, right. I heard. But the offensive linemen, uh, the quarterback, all got to be on the same page. The timing, the wide receivers, obviously with the new quarterback in there, um, we saw a lot of um, the routes were not run correctly. The timing wasn't there. The ball was overthrown too high, too low. Um, he has to relax a little bit back there. But, again, the offensive lineman has to give him time to be able to relax. Mm -hmm. um, so do I think he's going to play this week? I think he's going to play again, again this week. Uh, I think he's probably taken majority of the reps. Uh, you know, I, I heard Baber's uh, coach say that, you know, they're going to evaluate Schrader and see how he feel, feels and everything like that. But if the kid can't run, the kid can't run. Mm -hmm. and, and running, obviously, is a big factor in the game, and that's one of the advantages that Syracuse quarterbacks have is the running. So if Schrader can't run, he can't run. Um, the timing part, the wide receivers, I, I know they're probably working very hard on just the timing, you know, yeah. and the, the cadence and all that type of stuff uh, because that's that's totally new. You know, a different voice, uh, different timing, that could erupt things. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I feel like it is important to point out that Carlos Del Rio Wilson is walking into a really tough situation. And I want to just say that I miss Garrett Schrader, and I feel for him. It's probably not an easy situation to be on the sidelines knowing that, you know, it does it does really feel like if he was still here this season. And healthy. Yeah. And healthy. Not that the season isn't memorable, but I don't think that we'd be sitting here having sort of a bad taste in our mouths. I think this really, you know, it really could have been like this amazing season. So I feel for him. You know, it's tough to be out for this second half of the year, even though I know he's a leader and probably doing a good job on the sidelines. But... Um, I mean, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, some of those numbers, he went 8 for 23 against Pitt, 120 yards. And there was the offense gained only 125 total yards. It's just, not, it, it's just not good that's enough. Like, it's, not, it's not acceptable. Division one is, you know, by our Syracuse standards, that's, mm -hmm. that's unheard of. You it's know? really I mean, unacceptable. And I know that people also wanted to talk about Sean Tucker because, again, there's other layers yeah, to this. Um, 10 carries, 19 yards. But something that Coach Baber said, which I do think is important, is he said, listen, if you look at 10 carries, that is going to sound like a small number. But when you look at the percentages, he actually accounted for a third of – he was involved in a third of our total plays. The problem is actually that they just didn't have the ball that many times yeah. or else he would have more. So I, I think that that's another thing that, that we really need to kind of hone in on. It's not that – like Sean Tucker, I think, is probably – Maybe not getting involved enough, but he's definitely getting involved. It's just that we we need more offensive opportunities. I mean, there was a lot of three and outs in that game. I think yeah. it was seven out of thirteen. That's 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 yeah. That's <laughs> you, you're not going to win a game that way. You're not going to win that game. You're not going to win any game that way. And the time possession, uh, you know, everybody knew Pitt's game plan. You also got to remember Pitt didn't even have their starting running back. Right. <laughs> right. Seriously, you know they had their second string running back, but again, their second string running back was initially the first string running back until he got injured. So the, the kid is, is a good running back. You know he's a um, decent running back, but again, you know Syracuse should have you know fed off of that, knowing that's the second second string running back in, and uh, it's just the time possession. You, we have to stop them. We mm -hmm. you know we have to stop them, and we have to convert on third down. Like, we have to convert. If we don't yes. convert on third down, you're in for a long, long day. <laughs> a long day. And we have a defense that's struggling to get off the field on third down. And and the defense is interesting because they did everything in their power. Like, knowing how it was going for that offense, I couldn't believe, like, I was standing there in the fourth quarter with eight or five minutes left being like, they could actually, they're actually still in this game. 
Yeah. And and that's credit to the defense for truly only allowing 17 points. The other two points was the safety at the end of the game, which I mean, what a what an icing on the cake with that one there. That yeah. was that really let you know how that game unfolded for for Syracuse. But the defense is while they are only giving up 17 points, and it was an issue in the Notre Dame game, is these teams are, are figuring out that they can just run it down the throat. And even if it's not for these ginormous gains, when you're doing it over and over and over again, it's just going to create this long possession. It's going to wear them down. And when you have the offense coming out there and, and, and going to three plays in less than a minute and it's starting over again, yes. it's, it's a little bit of both, right? I think it's as much as this defense is, is not allowing these points – and the offense they, has to help them out. The offense I mean, has to, to it's, help it's, them out. You got to at least stay on the field and give your defense a, a rest. And you know, like you said, three and out. It's such a you're, team you're, game you're in this right sense, back right? on the field. You know, you just yeah. you got a breather, and you know, you, you throw you throw a pass, incomplete yeah. pass. Well, you only called eight, so incomplete pass, and the clock stops. So it's it's um, that's not helpful for Syracuse at all, obviously, because the time possession changes. You know, yeah. the time possession is so much unequal, but. They they really I mean they have to really figure this out very shortly because it's coming to an end and at this time of the season this is when you want to be playing your best football and we're not playing our best football no like we played our best football the six the six first games okay <laughs> yeah. and now we're not those playing first our six best. Yeah, those are the glory like, days and the, and like you said like you know the, the kids uh, the student athletes are really gonna kick themselves in the butt. Um, of seeing, you know, when they get a little bit older and say, wow, we lost you three games and hopefully they can win this game coming up. But, you know, this this season, you know, it's it's a disappointing season. It really is because everybody was so high up and they had the country believing in them as well. And now uh, the story's a little bit different. But they can bounce back if you beat Florida State. Mm-hmm. You know, you can bounce back. You beat Florida State, then uh, people will start forgetting about those, those losses, those three losses. But if they don't, it's going to be – Difficult. Because, say, yeah. Difficult to bounce back. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so how, remind me, how many games are left at this point? There's three left. Three left. And that's my, what, what's crazy is it's weird because it, it does sort of feel like everyone kind of has this feeling like the season's over, but it's like it could, this season could literally end either nine and three or six and six. And how different would those two things feel? That's, that's, that's a big difference. Nine and three is one thing. Six and six is like, wow. I mean, and you won the first six and you lost the second six. And it does sort of feel like any of a variety of those outcomes could happen. So I agree. I think this game is, is huge. And I got to be honest, I'm still inclined, even after that discussion about defense, to say that this is mostly an offensive problem. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, most times, like scoring or I'm allowing 19 points is enough to, to still win a game. Yes, but I'm- scoring nine points that's never going to be enough to win a game, hardly ever. James, I, I want to hear what you're thinking with, with the with the running game issues right now. Because again, we we're talking about a guy that had nearly 1,500 yards yeah. last year. We're talking about a guy that you know the the school launches a, a Heisman campaign for him heading into the season, and and rightfully so. This was a guy that was a part of those conversations, and all of a sudden, it's just it's just quiet. Is what are you seeing from the run game? Is it is is it the do you do you think it falls more on the O line here the just the the offensive struggles as a whole limits him do you think it's it's shot like what are you seeing from that well I think for you know defense looking at looking at Syracuse offense you know you stop Tucker mm-hmm. and you stop Gadsden 
let the quarterback beat you. Uh, yeah. And that's that's the the whole thing. That's the, the way you know coaches are going into it. You let let the quarterback make the decisions and beat us. Um, but again, like you said, it, it, the the big pit, the big puzzle is a lot to the big puzzle. A lot of the different things: wide receivers, offensive linemen, quarterback. Um, you know what I see with the running game. There was no running game last week. Yeah. <laughs> Just wasn't. Um, and the play call I felt was 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 decent. But again. When you're behind, the, your playing calling can be the, the the right plays that you want all the time because you're behind. You're playing from behind, right. uh, but they they got to they have to get it together somehow. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, can, I can't pinpoint one one thing. It's a collective. Yeah. End of the day, though, if you ask our August selves, hey, we'd be walking into this week. Let's pretend like we don't know how the past <laughs> nine games played out, but that you'd see that six and three. I think all three of us would be like, okay. Yeah. All right, I'm feeling pretty good. So we do need to remind ourselves of that, but it I understand what you're saying because I think we all know this this could be even better and this almost should be even better. And it's just always going to hurt more. It hurts more because it was three losses in a row, period. Yeah. It just yeah. feels more like a slump. If this was 6 and 3 and there were a couple of losses scattered in there, it just doesn't feel like as much of a deal as we just won 6 games in a row. And now we lost three, a couple of them that feels like we really should have should have won. And increasingly, it feels worse. Like the pit game, to me, felt like the worst loss. Like you're telling me the guy who had previously scored the past 10 touchdowns is not in, and we still lost this game? That kind of situation. Yeah. Well, anyway, fans, find we out, feel you. I want to find out if you guys have them going to 7-3 or if you have them going to 6-4. and four. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's prediction time. Anyone want (laughs) to lead us off? How about Brendan? You want Brendan? Yeah. Let's get let's get producer he's Brendan. He's on the hot seat. Yeah, heeah he's on. He's Why on the am I on the hot seat? I mean the hot seat in a good way. Yeah, not the a hot bad seat way. in a good in way. A good so way. I, do, do you want me to go over the results from uh, from last week or from the entire season so far? I think we have to eat it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, I'm going to. Oh, I have the camera on me right now. So let me uh, switch the camera here to Mr. Tommy Sladek. There's Tommy Sladek. He, Tommy went 24-21. He is now 6-3 and three on the season mm. straight up. So mm. Same as Syracuse. He, he, he is Syracuse. <laughs> but that's he, three in a row for me as well. Yeah, he Who's is, a real loser here? He, he is Syracuse. <laughs> uh, Samantha Croston is not much better. Actually, she's worse off. Uh, she went – her, her and James Mungro – I'm going to put the, uh, the full uh, team screen on here because her and James Mungro teamed up this past week. We did. Uh, they both went 28-21. <laughs> uh, James has only been here four weeks. He's one and three right now. Wait, what am I? You're five and four. You picked. Uh, I, Tommy told me you picked Louisville to win in week one. I think I think that is the is case. Is that right? Maybe it's not. I don't know about that, Because that was man. before you guys brought me into one the and one. Then you put Sam as six and three. I'll, I'll put Sam as six and three. We'll have to check the notes. We'll, yeah. we'll check it. Yeah. If, if I if I call Louisville, then I want the then I want the loss. I'm not a yeah. cheater, but let's but, just find out about that. Uh, meanwhile, me I am, meanwhile, I'm sitting at seven and one. Right. I, I, meanwhile, I, I think I should get extra one though because I, I was not a part of the first show, but 
But he would have picked uh, a win. I would have picked Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mongrel always has a reason why, so, man. I, so I should at least have six wins. I'm yeah. No, I'm we're not two. doing that. I, we're I, doing I, scores, did, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't give myself an extra game for the Louisville game because I wasn't part of the team yet. But how about this? At the end, because he wasn't here for the first few. Paperwork was getting processed. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm really thinking that instead we should go based off of the percentage. I agree. Okay. Yeah, we'll go off percentage. Giddy up. Brendan is seven thank, and one. Thank you, yeah. Samantha. Brendan is seven and one. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, look, uh, being who I am and the one who usually goes against the grain, um, it's coming down less to the running game at this point and more just to the fact that SU's defense is on the field way too much. Mm. Um, a quick tangent here: I played Division three football, and my junior senior year, our defense was on the field way too much. Um, our offense would get too many three and outs, and we would end up losing games in bunches because of that. And I'm seeing the same thing with Syracuse here. Completely different levels, but you're also going up against like completely different levels of athletes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it gets better this weekend. I think it gets worse. I think Syracuse uh, gets pounded by Florida State in the Dome because Florida State, with these lovely stats we have in front of us, have multiple guys that can run the ball and have run the ball a lot and effectively. I'm taking Florida State 35-17. I should add, by the way, FSU is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in the Dome this weekend. Mm. That's that's different. That's telling. Who wants next? Man. I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'm hoping Syracuse turns it around. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean that's uh, bleed orange, and um, can they do it? Yes, they can do it. I mean, we, we just saw this past week with football with all different types of upsets that happened. Uh, Bills got beat. By the Jets, of all mm-hmm. people. The, <laughs> the Jets, Jets, not the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, it just shows you, like, you know, um, some teams you think you're going to go in there and, and, you know, blow a team out, and that doesn't happen, you know. And uh, I'm going with Syracuse. Uh, score, I would have to say, it's going to be very, very close. It's going to probably come down to a kicking game or some sort. But I give S- Syracuse the W with 28-24. Uh, 28-24. What, what, what would your key to the game be? What's the If you were to pick one thing. One thing I would say the key to the game would have to be third down conversions. Mm. That's going to make or break, and that not only makes or break it on both sides of the ball. Right. You know, third down conversion. Samantha. I felt like, <clears throat> I felt like in the beginning of the season, it was like, Listen, I'm gonna Syracuse is rolling. I'm gonna keep on picking them until I have a reason not to, which is why I picked them in the Clemson game, which is why I continue to have faith in them for the Notre Dame game. But after this game against Pitt, I'm I'm thinking about them in a different way. And I really felt like that was the game that we should have won. It left me with the worst taste in my mouth. So now I'm at a point where I feel like I have to see Syracuse win before I bet on them again. I'm taking Florida State 31-21. 31-21. Okay. Florida State taking the spread there, too. Here's my deal. Uh, two notes leading into my prediction. One, Notre Dame's legit. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's also just a little, uh, you know, naturally people will take it as more of a dig on on the ACC and that, you know, Cle- calling Clemson frauds, but that they 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 put the hammer on them this past weekend. Um James James has talked about it before, but they had another block punt for a touchdown. So like, 
that's legit. <laughs> they're <laughs> some, like they they again. It was a first year head coach, and and Coach Freeman's got got his boys rocking over there. So that does make Syracuse's loss a little bit better. Makes me feel a little bit better about the way that they lost at home in the dome. And and we can't do two predictions here because I would love to do two predictions because I can't help but think you have your, you know, what, who we know as Garrett Schrader in there. And I think this is a win. I think this is a, a similar to, I think it would be similar to last year where it was the Jordan Travis Garrett Schrader show just back and forth, back and forth. They'd end up winning it by a field goal in Tallahassee. I think it would go the other way, but we're not allowed to do that. And but I, I did want to get that out it, there. I agree, but yeah. I think that's Unless what makes it. Unless you're James Mungro, since he <laughs> totally <laughs> did that a couple of Because James Mungro has, has a couple of predictions. But honestly, I do think that's what makes predictions fun. Like, yeah. I agree with you, but I'm betting on the fact that, as Mungro said, I really feel like Carlos Del Rio Wilson's gonna, mm -hmm. going to be in there, so I'm making my prediction based off that. So that's a risk you have to take. That's a risk I have to take, and, and I think I'm going with Carlos on that one. I think he, I think he does play. Um, so you're saying that you think... If Carlos is playing, Syracuse will get beat. Yeah. But if Schrager yes. plays, Syracuse would win. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, 100%. And I, and, and I just I think there's a difference in there. Now, don't get me wrong. And I, don't go changing your prediction, Mongrel, because I, I see I'm, that I'm, face. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels are turning. You, you guys make it tough for me. Okay? This is what happens you, when you he guys, goes first. You, you, guys, yeah, you guys make it tough for me because I'm always going to pick Syracuse. Right, I'm right. always going to pick because I've always believed in them. Yeah. Um, so stick it, with it because it, – but, no, but you know how much heat I would get? If I say, oh, I think Florida State's going to win 40 to 10. But I'm saying. You know how many phone calls? <laughs> I know, <laughs> but, it's, but it's also like it's a, it's a. I you think can't people, go based on the phone calls. Yeah, what do you really think? Harassment, you know, from people <laughs> in the community, everything. I mean, I, I think people understand your role, though, at the same time. I, I, I do. I, I hope they do. But because, um, I mean, I do believe that they can win. Yeah. They, they really can win, but they got to get their stuff straight. Yeah. And it, you can't wait to the third and fourth quarter. I mean, they got to come out from the first quarter and play four quarters of ball. Third down conversions, mm -hmm. field position, great field position. I mean, that's just football one on one, yeah. and they went backwards. They're not doing football one on one. They're going like like you said, they're going backwards. But if they do all this stuff correctly, they'll win. Now, are they going to do it correctly? That's the question. Yeah. All right. And again, I, I haven't even given my score yet because I, I truly have such a hard time with this because I, I feel what James is saying because I do believe there is a recipe to win this. And, and again, you're playing at home and there's just there, even with the way Notre Dame with Notre Dame went again, that was that was a tough one because you had a quarterback change halfway through. Things were ugly from the jump with that touchdown in the first play of the game. It's it's just tougher teams to play in here, and so I think we're going to have a good game. It's gonna kill you to say it, but it's going to kill me it. to say it. But I I I see Florida State coming away with this one. I see it being high scoring. Like I I see a thirty five thirty one win. I I see Syracuse getting points. So I see some corrections being made, and we talk about converting on third down. And I think one of the issues that we've seen with third down, and again I I don't have the analytics in front of me. But it feels like more times than not, that first play, it's just, it's second and 10. It's second and 10. It's second and 10. So I almost want to see more efficiency on first down and just in, in creating that, just making it easier for them. Because yeah. if it's a Sean Tucker handoff, again, it was you know, for nothing or one yard loss, one yard gain. Or if they go for the pass, it was an overthrow. So I think some some corrections are made, and at the end of the day, like we're all thinking about this. These coaches have been thinking it twenty four seven around the clock, and they realize that they've been doing this, that things have been going 
not their way for a few weeks. So I do think some changes are made. I do think Carlos Del Rio Wilson, I think they end up getting him out of the pocket on purpose because I think they know that the Seminole defense is going to be very much crowding his space early because no, no, you know, Pitt, Pitt's good, but we made them look great. Yes. And Florida State is a lot better and than Florida Pitt. And Florida State <laughs> is a lot better than Pitt at getting to the quarterback. So I, if, if, if Del Rio Wilson is able to follow that game plan, I think, I think Coach Beck, I think Coach and I have him moving, 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 moving. And if that happens, they're going to be scoring points. But Florida State, oh, man, hurts to say that. It does. So I'm happy we have James saying yes. I'm happy we have a split here. We got to move forward. It's trivia time. Let's see if we can get a win right now. Yeah. We don't even have to wait till Saturday. Let's get the W today. Brendan? That's not likely, first of all. Also, just a quick sidebar. You were talking about Clemson earlier, and I mentioned this before we started here. I was at a wedding this weekend, and uh, my cousin's fiance went to Clemson. And at the end of the reception, this was around like 9 o'clock, 10.30 at night uh, in Virginia, they were playing the Clemson fight song for her as they were getting blown out by Notre Dame with like a minute and a half Did left. they know? Did I, they here's know the thing. So, score? So I went to my cousin. Uh, shout out Eric and Krista, by the way. Um, shout out Eric and Krista. They, uh, I went over to him and I'm like, I'm not going to tell her if you don't, but Clemson's getting the absolute doors blown off him right now. And he's like, you better not tell her. Okay. So I did Go not ahead. tell her. I'm sure she saw it like that the next morning, though, and was very sad. But, yeah. I think that makes more sense. She, she was also – this is this cousin who – I was at two weddings over the past two weekends, and my other cousin who is this cousin's sibling, Eric and Krista, were at that wedding, and that was when Clemson beat Syracuse. So she had a she had a good weekend one time, bad weekend. Uh, so yeah, stop going to weddings, Brendan. I think that's, I think that's what we're I figuring have no, out here. I, I, Something... have, I have no more to go to until next September. What's and... the variable with these losses, guys? <laughs> oh, good. It's in September. What that's was the one in between? What, what was the one in between, Tommy? I don't know. Can't remember. Because there's a there's a loss in between those two. Oh well, I I don't know. I'll find something to blame you for. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Pretty, um, uh, yeah. Trivia. Let's go. As always, question for the opponent first, then question for Syracuse. Florida State. They haven't had double digit wins in a season since 2013. You guys know who the head coach was that season? He's a pretty well known guy. 2013. That, that's not the answer. This isn't the question. I'm just asking if you know who it is. That would be uh. Who was, was a, who was a legend that was there forever? No, it's not Bobby Bowden. I was, was just about to guess that. He wasn't there then. Was he still there? He was not. It was Jimbo Fisher. Dang. Um, so that was his only perfect season at the helm of Florida State. His only perfect season. How many more perfect seasons did Bobby Bowden have in his 30-plus years at Florida State? I'm going to probably turn to Munger. This, this is going to probably have to be you for us here. Oh. Well. They had a pretty good team in like the '90s with uh, Charlie Charlie Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd throw it out and say uh, two or three. That was that was so gonna which be my guess. Two, three. Go Mungo two. That was a jerk move, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you live together, you die together, right? Uh, Allegedly. He actually only had Bobby Bowden only had one perfect <sighs> season, so he had no more than Jimbo Fisher. What was his year? Uh, 1999 was the perfect season. Um, they went 12 and 0. He had seven seasons with just one loss, so plenty of opportunities. So, so Brandon, where did Bobby Bowden first coach at? Where did he first coach, first coach at job. before Florida State? Yes, his first coaching uh, job. Was it another Division One school? Yes, it was a Division One school. Ooh. 
I feel like I've heard it this used before. Used to be in the Big East. Used to be in the Big East. Big East school. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't the Big East back then, but Big East. School. They went well, to a Big well, East. Well, yeah. yeah. It was, well, then I would assume probably like I don't think it's Syracuse. Maybe Louisville. No. I was gonna say. <laughs> it's not a Temple. Um, <laughs> it's a Temple. <laughs> By the way, how did Temple? Virginia Tech? Close. Very close. Very close. Uh, Besides Virginia Tech, who else is in Virginia? Virginia. Yeah, I was going to say Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, too. <laughs> Another um, one. Did VCU you forget, you have forget, football? You're forgetting one other, other major team in Virginia. I know. I'm blanking on them right but now. But not – well, maybe uh, put a W in front of it. Uh, I'm giving you a hint, Tommy. It begins with a W? I mean – did he coach at West Virginia? Yes. That's not in Virginia. That's why I got confused because okay, I was well, like, I mean, that's not in Virginia. It's two different states. It's the western side of Virginia. Yeah, I guess you guess you got a point there. That's two different states. Yeah. Well, Virginia's I was about to it. be like, did Bobby Bowden coach at Navy? I was about yeah, to say, yeah, I was about to say like states, Old Dominion yeah. or something. Yeah, no, well, West Virginia. Interesting. Anyway, uh, so no one what got... Was he, he was there in what, 80s? I don't know. It was there at some point. I just know he was a head coach at West Virginia one time. Yeah. Anyway, no one got that question right. The SU question, though, there's only been one orange head coach that can boast having a perfect season. No ties, just wins, no losses, no ties. Who was that SU head coach who had the one perfect season in SU football history? Ben Schwartzwer or whoever is that coach. That is correct. Ben Schwartzwalder. Yes! Wow. <laughs> 1959. Nice. I, that was the year they won. The, they were named national champion. <laughs> I'm looking on camera right now, but uh, again, that's a W. Uh, again, if I, if I got that wrong, know how much crap I would get. Like, well, was, I mean, it was, it was more pressure it's also popularized yeah, Mungro, by... Who is, like, throwing shade at you? Like, who are these people that you're talking about? <laughs> Can't name names. It's different when you're a former player. <laughs> you got to remember, that. that's, like, the story of the movie The Express as well. So it's, like, known in popular culture. That was who Dennis Quaid Play, played correct. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, I need to watch. I haven't right. seen that movie in a minute. Loved it though. Good trivia. So, yeah. so, so where do we stand on the trivia? Like the I don't yeah, think we've been one? keeping track, but I think Mungro's gotten the most right. Yeah, you, you've been you've been I think you killing have probably three wins. <laughs> Sam is just like you're on up a heater. <laughs> I know. I I basically just uh, feed off of whatever Mungro gets. Sam <laughs> Sam either like ride or die Mungro or fades Mungro. <laughs> yeah, I'm either going away. Guys, let me just say here. Let me just say here. Just wait till lacrosse season comes around. Because y'all are done Sam, for. All right. Sam is just gonna destroy. I'm learning on the fly, us. man. Well, hey, let's finish with a little uh, SU hoops talk. Regular season openers went down on Monday night and Monday afternoon at the dome, and uh, two teams, two very different stories. First year head coach Felicia Leggett, Jack, big fans of Coach Jack. She played here with the Nottingham High School, even. And then, you know, a star with the Orange goes to the University of Buffalo. She's been there for the past 10 years, comes back. She has such enthusiasm for a team that um, it really is is looking to get back to prominence after a, just an uncomfortable, I would say, few years. Um, so they get the win over Stony Brook. Bunch of new players with them. Fun team, aggressive. And then you have Jim Beheim in his 47th season. Can't believe that. Uh, would be his 1100th, 1100th win last night if they didn't take those wins away. A lot of Syracuse fans will say he's still at that number. Um, they get the win over Lehigh. A couple fun new players, freshman bunch. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm excited. Lawrence Moten, hopefully, poetry, will be joining us and, and looking to, you know, as we kind of have this hybrid uh, basketball, football time here. So love to have all four of us on the desk. I think that would be yeah, Lawrence, a lot of fun. Lawrence will give a good insight of what's going on. And uh, uh, 
I know Lawrence very well, and you know Lawrence loves the Syracuse basketball, obviously. Yeah, big time. Any closing thoughts? Honestly, the closing thought that I have is that I love and totally stand Felicia Leggett-Jack. I think she is so awesome. That women's basketball team had me so hyped up last night watching the way they were moving the ball. There's this element of selflessness that I'm telling you the rest of the conference is going to have to look out for. I think her energy, it goes beyond just the way she's able to coach these girls. I love her personality. I think she just brings something to Syracuse women's basketball and the entire fan base that we haven't seen in a while, this kind of rejuvenation that everyone's really excited about. I saw a couple of those plays from the game, and they had people up on their feet on a Monday at 3.30 p.m. So I think the sky's the limit for that team. Really excited about some of those new faces. That's great. I mean, I've heard a lot of positive stuff about, you know, the girls' basketball coach and uh, keep going, keep going. And the energy she's bringing is, is unbelievable, I heard. Not to mention that uh, Donovan McNabb's been at pretty much every game so far. It seems like he's still going to be doing that with his daughter, Lexi, now a freshman on the team. So exciting time. That's it for the Orange Zone and your Florida State preview. We'll be back here next week. Episodes dropping every Wednesday on, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, you name it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for tuning in. We have a, a blast doing it, and hope you have a, a good time listening. That's go it. Go you. There See you we later. go.